The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, this is Don DeLorente, and I'm here with the GM for the Durham Bulls, Mr. Mike Burley. And we're going to have a nice little interview, talk to him about some things uh, dealing with being a general manager and kind of his rise and kind of some tips that he would give anybody out there that's aspiring to get into sports management. So, Mike, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for coming. Oh, man, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Now, I was here last night taking in uh, the game, of course, uh, Saturday Night Fireworks. Big deal here. Triple A Minor League Stadium. So just kind of talk about kind of the concept of how that started. I mean, I know it's been over maybe a decade ago since you guys worked that out with the city. Kind of big attraction to the weekend. Yeah, obviously, minor league baseball is is all about you know different promotions. It, the, the baseball is, it, it, at our caliber is is great baseball, but you know a lot of a lot of fans you know they're they want to see the baseball, but they also want to see what kind of show you can put on. So that's what we're all about. We're all about inexpensive entertainment. You know, we're going to have the crazy between inning promotions. We're going to have the fireworks. We're going to have the giveaways, all that fun stuff. And and fireworks is definitely a staple. I think when I got here. 18 years ago, we barely had any shows, and uh, you know now I think we're up to 22, 23 fireworks shows. Um, you know the fans just love it; they love it. It's 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 just you know it's it's cool to be able to you know come out for ten dollars, come out, enjoy a, a baseball game, and then uh, you know get to sh- get to show the kids a little pyrotechnics. Yeah, uh, coming up here July Fourth weekend, it's a couple of weeks away. You guys are the only show in town now. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that that yeah, we have a great partnership with the city of Durham. Obviously, um, you know what's happening in downtown Durham is just amazing, and you know, so we've been we've been hosting their fireworks show, and every year it's a you know stammer only event. Um, you know, the, the city comes and, and you know we have the mayor speak, and and it's just a great celebration for what's happening in in Durham and the Triangle, and you know we're happy that they're uh, willing to partner us with us on that, and. And from in terms of a fireworks show, it's probably a oh, it's a good fifteen to twenty minute show. It's a it's a big show. Yeah, yeah, always a highlight. Always a highlight. Always brings out a lot of fans. Now we're gonna get into kind of your background a little bit. I know you grew up in Wisconsin. Got the Green Bay Packer <laughs> stuff up here in your office, all over the place. So you know, tell us about you know growing up in Green Bay, those cool winters, and uh, yeah, dealing with that. I'm I'm definitely a cheesehead. Um, yeah, it's been so I've. Grew up in Wisconsin, um, probably about 30 minutes southwest of, of Green Bay, a small little town. Um, you know, went to uh, University of Wisconsin La Crosse. That's where I, I got a sports management um, degree and a business minor. Um, you know, I just I, I always love sports, uh, and then when I figured out I wasn't going to be good enough to play, you know, <laughs> the, the next best thing is to you know go into the management side of it. Um, really didn't know what sport I wanted to get into. Uh, I started out in basketball and the CBA, which is no longer exists. It's basically similar to what the the D League slash G League is now. The Lacrosse uh, Catbirds. Yep, the Lacrosse Catbirds. Um, it was awesome. You know, Flip Saunders, who was the uh, um, general manager and head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He was my boss at the time. He was head coach of this team. Okay. Um, you know, that's where I really kind of learned about what you know what it takes to to put on the other side. You know, not not the actual playing side, and just kind of fell in love with it. And when I got out of college, uh, there was a local minor league team. You know, really close to where I grew up. I basically, just walked in the door and said, "Hey, you know." You want some free labor? I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You don't have to pay me. They're like, heck yeah. Um, so 
ended up, you know, working there for, for a year, um, unpaid internship. And then I guess I impressed them enough to where they brought me on full time. Was very fortunate fortunate where we moved into a new stadium, uh, changed our name from the Appleton Foxes uh, to the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. And, uh, you know, kind of to me, it was kind of a right place, right time thing. We had tons of success the first year. My boss at the time, because of that success, everybody wanted him. So he, he got hired by the Milwaukee Brewers. And, and next thing you know, I'm general manager of a single-A baseball team at whatever it was, 22, 23 years old, which was just crazy. I look back and I'm wondering why they ever did that. <laughs> um, but loved it, you know, especially to be GM of your hometown team. Right. It was the coolest thing. I never, never thought I would leave. You know, my family was really close. My wife's family was really close. But um, just a strange occurrence where the, you know, the Durham Bulls had an opening as assistant GM. And that's probably the only team I would have left for is, yeah, obviously the iconic, the movie, all that. Um, so came here as assistant general manager and eventually moved up to GM. And, God, this is my 19th season with the Bulls. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, it's crazy because in that article I referenced, I talked about your, you know, your wife and you have two young sons and they were three and one at the time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, obviously when you have a family and the transition and all that kind of stuff, it's hard. And, and, you know, we were, we're both very close with our families, you know, every weekend we, the, you know, we, we weren't playing, we were at, either at my parents, um, on the lake or at her parents on the lake. So, um, it was hard, you know, obviously did not have, uh, you know, the grandparents for the kids around and, and all that. But, you know, I think they understand. And we always, you know, take the trek back to Wisconsin every year. And, and in fact, they're all here this week because my son is graduating from high school um, tomorrow. So um, it, it, we're very happy, obviously, that you know, we, we really truly think the Triangle is our home. And um, yeah, obviously working for such an incredible company like Capital Broadcasting Company, it's it's definitely been worth it. Right. I uh seeing your kids grow up from being little guys yeah. running around on the field, you know, getting in the way of, you know, all the fun activities going on to now, wow, graduating tomorrow. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. So, you know, here at your time with the Bulls, um, you came in, like you said, in uh, 1990. 1998. 1998 around there, yeah. assistant GM. And then in three years, you got moved up as uh, the coolest man on the block, as I call him, George Hable. <laughs> That's right. Yes, definitely is. <laughs> uh, you know, moved on it and got, you know, another physician, a bigger office, and bigger, longer title. And so here you are, 30 years old, in charge of the most famous minor league team in America. So kind of, you know, 22, you're about your hometown team. <laughs> Tell me what you've learned in those times as far as, you know, working with the Timber Rattlers and then, you know, being assistant yeah. GM here. And uh, what was the schooling like on the job? Yeah, um, you know, I look, looking back now that I'm older and, uh, you know, looking back at, you know, what I was at 23 as a GM and then, you know, being able to be a GM of, yeah, of the Durham Bulls in my early 30s, you know, it was, you know, I learned a lot. I think I, you know, in, in looking back, I think I probably thought I knew too much. Um, you know, I was, I was, uh, I'm a lot more patient now than I probably was at, at that time. Um, but for me, it's always been, I've always had, had that work ethic. You know, I think that's, that's what had in that drive. Um, you know, I was always competitive as a player, uh, you know, through high school and then played baseball in college. So I think that competitiveness, I just turned it over to the business side. So instead of, you know, Hey, you know, what, what, what can my batting average be if I'm hitting it turned over to, all right, how do we make this business successful? How do we grow attendance? How do we grow, you know, how do we make this the place where everybody in the triangle wants to come to? So that's, what's driven me in, in, 
and for me, it's all about hiring the right people, you know, developing those relationships. Um, you know, that's the important piece. You know, I, I can, it's not about me. It, it's about what kind of team we put together here. Do they sh- share that same vision that I share? Do they sh- you know, um, share that same, you know, kind of work ethic and drive that we want to be the best, you know? Uh, we, uh, I inherited, you know, coming here, it was already the most iconic franchise. I, I, you know, for me, it was, how do I keep it there? Um, and, and just build on that. And, and one of the great things is, you know, I referenced capital broadcasting company, you know, Jim Goodman, you know, he, he's always, you know, looking where people just don't look. And, and that has really taught me a lot in terms of, you know, how, how do we stay ahead? You know, the, the, especially now things change so rapidly, the sports entertainment, landscape is is it's mind-blowing how fast things change um so we always have to stay on top of that we always have to stay on top of it technologically we always have to stay on on top of it from a you know customer satisfaction standpoint um and the great thing is they give us the resources to do that Uh, you know a lot of franchises don't and and you kind of struggle to get certain things you know we're given the things we need to make sure that it's a great experience for our fans right right i'm here in 95, they built a brand new park to replace the iconic Durham Bulls Athletic Park. And then here you are, you come in, and now you've got this shiny new toys, the <laughs> gem of, you know, all the stadiums and, you know, professional baseball, minor league, and major league. And you've only just expanded upon it. Um, it's been a revitalization around the ballpark. We've got the new American Tobacco Complex that has a lot of, you know, places to hang out, eat, uh, socialize. You've got, you know, the, the D-Pack is definitely probably their rank link because of the success that the ballpark has had. Just kind of about, talk about your, you know, link with the community and how you, you know, made this area kind of the hopping spot in town just based off the success of the park and the team. Right. Um, yeah, that that was, you know, when I first got here, I really didn't, you know, I knew about the triangle, but not a ton. Um, and then, you know, I came here and, you know, to have all these abandoned buildings next door and, you know, our players would park their cars behind a barbed wire fence, and you hear all these stories about Durham, and I'm like, whoa, you know, what, what did I get into? Um, but, you, but you're right, you had this beautiful, shiny ballpark, um, and, and that goes to the vision that I think this company has had of, you know, what they, what they did at American Tobacco, and, and they saw things that Durham could become that I think a lot of people even that lived here never thought could happen. Now, when you see, you know, you look up in the sky and you see cranes all over the place building all these, you know, beautiful apartment con- I never thought I'd see a day where you have condo, you know, half a billion dollar condos in downtown Durham and apartments all over. And, and you know, that's so exciting. And to know that to, to, that we're a small part of that, that our ballpark is kind of the centerpiece of this whole, you know, redevelopment process. Um you know, it's fun. It, it's, it's great to know that we have had an impact in the community because that's really what Meyer League Baseball is about. You know, you got your major league sports, and I think, you know, people have their feelings about that. But one thing I just – and that's – you know, people ask me all the time, why have you been in minor league baseball for 24 years? And, and it's the, it's what minor league baseball is. It's, you know, yeah, I probably have had, you know, a few chances to go up to um, major league sports, but you're, you're in one position. You're really not able to do the stuff that we're able to do in a community that minor league baseball teams do. They attach themselves and kind of grow with the community. Um, and you're right, the deep pack comes in and, and that just took it to a whole new level. Um, yeah, that, that kind of, you know, we, there was us and then all of a sudden, bam, you got this, you know, these shows that are only in New York city. And, um, so that's been special. 
Um, it, it, you know, and the fun part is we still get to run the DAP too. You know, the city has asked us to run the DAP for them. So, you know, we're still able to kind of, you know, keep those ties to the movie and the, and what Durham really was um, back in its heyday. So it's been fun. Um, you know, the thing is, is this to me, this is just the start, you know, that's the cool thing is as much progress that's been made over the last 10 to 12 years. I can't imagine what Durham's going to look like in another 10 to 12 years. Right. Right. Take you back to something you said on December 12th, 2002, when you first got the job, you said, I'm excited about the opportunity to lead this team into our second century of existence. We have a tremendous group of people working here. So I'm confident this team will continue to grow and succeed. And I think that you've definitely <laughs> fulfilled upon that. I definitely appreciate that. And, and, I, and I think, like you said, what I said about we have a great team. Yeah, even though the team has changed over the years, which has been fascinating to me. You know, I, I, I look back at the different people that we've had here. There are a bunch of people in the NBA and NASCAR and soccer and, you know, you name it. We've, we've, we've grown a lot of people um, and have them moved up. Um, but now, you know, we keep just, you know, changing out that staff. We keep bringing in great people. Um, so I've been very fortunate to be able to lead a lot of good people. So that kind of leads me into my question. Um, what besides offering free labor, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, the industry has kind of blossomed and grown into much more of a glamorized position. Now you've had Moneyball and draft day and movies. And now, you know, GMs are their own rock stars. You've got, you know, Andrew Friedman, you've got Theo Epstein, you know, got Cashman. You've got these guys that have, you know, their own names and and they run teams and they're just as famous as the ballplayers are. So, 1993, you were, you know, finance, business guy. Kind of, how has that landscape changed now to where these new kids are coming in now? Is oh, it still the same type of, you know, do you still need those same type of skills or is it a lot more involved? Now? Yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing how much has changed. Um, you know, and, and yeah, it was that movie. Even though certain teams kind of were figuring out a little bit before that movie, that movie put it out in the in the mainstream. Um you know, I hate to say it, but to be to get into those positions, you know, you need the Yale, you need the Harvard, you need the, and and I don't think that's, while I think it's somewhat good for sports, you know, to me it 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 you know we have to be more inclusive of of how do we you know how do we get different people into management positions, you know that that don't have the resources to be able to go to a Harvard or Yale, um, you know, it's all about analytics. You know, it really is. And, and, and not just from the player standpoint, but even from our standpoint on, on the business side is and so much more now. We're just trying to learn about our fans a lot more. We're trying to, you know, look at things from a numbers basis instead of just kind of your gut feeling of, of what you had, which I think is, is good. Um, you know, it never hurts to learn more about your fans. Um, but I am worried that, you know, this is still a, a sport. It's still, there's, there's still players. There's still people. You know, they're not numbers on a spreadsheet, which I think sometimes that's kind of the direction why it, where it looks like we're going. Um, but, you know, the thing is, if, if you want to get into sports, there's, there are so many opportunities. Um, and, and once you do get in, you know, it, it's amazing how, how small of a family, and not just in baseball, but how you can hop from different sport to different sport. Um, you know, I guess the best advice I would give somebody that's trying to get into this is, you know, the, the baseball or the the player development side is totally different if, if you want to do that yeah it's it's analytics it's you know get into scouting uh, you know things like that you're not going to come in and work for a minor league team if you are interested in becoming a gm of a major league team they're, they're two totally but if you want to become a president of a major league team where it is more the business side 
yeah, than getting on the minor league side. Um, but it, it, just like in all business, it's it's about say, selling. You know, there's there's if you're a good salesperson, it doesn't matter. It, you know what what business it is, you, what team it, teams will hire good salespeople, and then it's up to you to kind of work your way. All right, I'm I'm building up here and as a salesperson. Where can I where can I start you know getting into upper management? How can I make that transition? Um, that's the easiest, as easy as it is. And I'm, I'm not saying it's easy to get into it, but that's the easiest track, you know, for a person trying to get into sports. Come in, show us how you can sell, and then you believe me, somebody will have a place for you if you can do it. Great, great, great. Now, uh, through your time here as general manager, we've done a lot of things outside of just baseball. Had numerous concerts and different type of events to draw people into the ballpark that normally may not mm-hmm. visit the ballpark. So another way to reach out with the community. And as you said, that your job is more in the financial day to day kind of operations realm of the team. So go into that now. As far as the you've taken over, you're the only minor league team that has your own catering service inside of your. You know, you operate it and run it and, you know, employees and everything. Uh, for years, I worked for the catering service that was, you know, involved with the team on that side. So there was kind of a divide, a line, you know, there was the ballpark right. side and then there was the food and catering side. Now that that's blended together, uh, this is your third year, I think, yep. into mm-hmm. this venture. I know when you first started, you guys said, you know, you didn't know what in the world you were getting into. <laughs> that's right. So kind of, I'll just talk about that and how that's worked into your business and, and just growing and, like you said, business part. Of the yeah, uh, it's been, yeah, there's been a lot of challenges, but, uh, you know, I think it's been great. And and, and, and that's no offense to, you know, our, our partners with Center Plate that we're, we're doing it. It's just it's just different. We have different goals. Um, yeah, when when you're part of a big conglomerate like Centerplate was, you know, you're trying to look for every margin, every every way to sneak out, you know, this amount of money. You know, for us, it's never. Yes, yes, we obviously the, the profit part is important, but that's not what this is about. It's about you know trying to you know, like I said, put on the best entertainment that we can, um, and, and inexpensively as possible, you know, to make things work and. You know, with us running it, we're just we're able to adapt so much quicker. You know, if if something went wrong in the past, you know, it may take a month or two because it's got to go through so many different hoops and everything else. You know, for us, we can fix it in a couple days. Um, and yeah, it may not be the most smart financial decision to have to fix it, but but yeah, who cares? You know, we need to make sure the fans are taken care of. Um, so it's been it's been a process, but it's been fun. You know, to be able to open up our own brewery. You know, right here in the ballpark, you know, we never would have been able to do that if, if you know, we had a, a third party doing our, our concessions. Um, we're able to try different different foods that, you know, probably don't make sense because ha- half the time we're probably losing money on it. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, you know, it's fun to do. It's, uh, you know, you got your sweet level where you can do different things. And then with the special events, you know, I think cities, cities they've put a lot of money into these ballparks. And, and they don't want them just to be used for 72 days um, over the course of a year, so you have to find other things to do, and you know we we understand you know that you know the city has put a lot of money into this place, so we need to make it about the community. So yeah, we're going to try to you know we're we got the ACC tournament coming back next year. We're going to try it. We always try to do concerts, um, you know, anything we can do to you know to continue to showcase how great this ballpark really is. Right, right, right. Um, 
I know that your visibility around the park is definitely one thing that I've always appreciated. Um, even though a lot of people may not know who you are, they're just, you know, who's the nerdy guy with the glasses <laughs> walking around always right. on his cell phone. I think I was always on his cell phone when I see him. He's somebody. I don't know who he is, but he's somebody. <laughs> so um, I know that I've always had a great relationship with you uh, while I was working here and even outside of working here. So just kind of talk about, you know, coming down from Wisconsin and kind of working those those ties and, and just, you know, making this your home in now almost 20 years yeah. of these relationships. I mean, um, just for an example, John Bishop is a guy I always think about and just how you're talking about the office here has always produced some great people. And yeah. I don't know what you guys have in the water here, but if you can get into this office, <laughs> uh, he started working with me just being as the guy who checked on the picnics, made sure all the food was okay. And he went from there to, you know, being your assistant right. GM and that, you know, I was doing great the NBA. And, yeah, yeah, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, doesn't like you were saying, doesn't matter where you start, but as long as you work hard, and he was a good salesman. Yeah, always a good salesman. Was. Definitely so, was. Just kind of talk about that, your relationships, and you know, kind of the people you've brought in and lost, and just over yeah. the twenty years that you've been here. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I guess I, that's what I love about Wisconsin. I'm still a big fan of Wisconsin. You know, to me, it's just that that you always hear about the Midwest work ethic. Um, I never think just because I'm general manager that I'm, I should be, you know, sitting up in a suite watching the game. That's just not who I am. You know, other GMs around the country just laugh at me that I still pull tarp. Um, yeah. you know, that's, to me, that's what it is. It's about being out there, you know, um, during games, you know, letting fans talk to me, tell me what they like, tell me what they don't like. Um, if somebody's not happy, going over and talking with them and trying to understand what happened, you know, what can we do to help? Um, if I'm just sitting here in my office while the game's going on, you know, that that's not going to happen. So yeah, I definitely take my laps around that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious how many laps I've taken around this ballpark. Get a, over a, there. a step tracker, right, man. No kidding. Um, yeah. So, so that's what it's about. And, that, and like I said before, that's what I just love about minor league baseball. You know, in minor league baseball, you, you walk around and everybody knows everybody. You know, our season ticket holders, our staff, all that kind of stuff. We're, we're here kind of in this thing together. Um, at a big league park with you know, 30,000, 40,000 people, you, you can't do that. Um, so that's what's always drawn me to, to minor league sports um, in general. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's the relationships. And it's not just our staff relationships. It's the relationships with you know, other members of the community, the business community, um, Nonprofits, you know the different things that we do. You know what Wooly Bull does. You know it's crazy what that guy. You know people see him around the ballpark. <laughs> you know outside the ballpark, he does 280 events. Wow. Um, you know it's crazy. A, a normal Saturday for him is is two three events, and then oh come out here and still you know entertain the fans during the game. I need a degree. Exactly huh? right. right. Um, yeah, but that's what we like. I said that's what we want to do. We want to be part of the community and. and Holy Bull is kind of that face of the community for us, um, and that's just been has always been my attitude. And and you know I hope the people that have moved on, you know hopefully that's kind of what they learned here is is you know the, the, you, know, you got to do the little things, uh, you got to take care. You know you're never bigger than in the job. Um, you know you should you should get your hands dirty every once in a while. Um, and yeah, we've been very fortunate to just have some tremendous employees over the years. Had some tremendous accomplishments take place here at the stadium. Um, you were named the International League Executive of the Year in 2003 and 2015. Uh, first time after you came in and the Bulls won their first title of any kind. 
Yeah, that's you know that, that's the thing. I am still a sports guy. You know, as much <laughs> as I'm talking about the business side, there's nothing better than a champagne shower after winning a championship and getting a ring. Um, yeah, that's what we're here for. You know, you look at what the Cubs did last year, and you think of their fan base and how many years they went without ever winning. Um, you know, we've been spoiled. You know, we've we've won um, you know, three championships. We're we're always in it. Um, you know, the last two years we've struggled a little bit, and that by now, right, right back this year, we're struggle. He means third place finish. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we're but we're back in first place this year, where where we all think we belong, and and hopefully this year ends with another title. Right. Right. Um, we've hosted the 2012, uh, 2000, excuse me, yeah, 2012 AAA National Championship game. That was a really big deal. Yeah. Really big deal. ESPN coverage sold out park. Yeah, that was so. Much so fun. It was funny because the league has always wanted us to take on the marquee events, um, either the, the national championship game or the the all-star game. And we've kind of always pushed it aside, pushed it aside. Finally, we're like, okay, we need we need to do this. And, and you know, it's, it happened exactly like we thought it would. Our fan base showed up for, you know, obviously the Bulls weren't playing in the game. So you always get worried about will it, will, will the fans show up for a non-Durham Bulls um, you know, game in, in the middle of September, right when football starting, and and they sure did, and it was a tremendous, and and that's really what pushed us to be able to get the All Star game. Yeah, 2014, you guys right, got the All Star game. We did in 2014, and and that was the part of a you know kind of a, a new commitment from both us and the city, where we you know got was a twenty something million dollar renovation of the ballpark, which everybody laughs. They're like, you really didn't need to renovate this place; it looks so good already. Um, but I think we did a good job of creating different fan areas now that, you know, just that's kind of new trend is different hangout areas. You know, people don't necessarily want to sit in their seat the whole time. They just want to hang out. So I think we did a, a great job with that and and added a new club area. And then when, you know, we showcased the, the ballpark for, for the 2014 Home Run Derby and All-Star Game, you know, two sellouts, you know, just it, it really – kind of put us over the top and then we won we won the biggest award in all of minor league baseball right. which was really special yeah that would be the uh john h johnson president's award as the most complete team in minor league baseball so yeah it goes from the field to the office to the operations that's an everybody award that's that's a big deal I yeah that's that, manager that's a lot of pride yeah that one out of you know we've received lots of awards over the years but that one you know to to have your peers you know, think that out of 160 minor league teams, you guys are the best. You guys are the, you know, the gold standard. You know, we always internally call ourselves <laughs> the 31st major league team. That's kind of our mentality. And to have the rest of minor league baseball kind of see that was, was really special for all of us. Yeah. Um, being the general manager and dealing with the numbers, um, since 2012, you guys are the only team in the international league to, you know, raise your average game for attendance every season. So, um, so many of the attractions, like you were talking about before, that are outside the game of baseball, Star Wars night is a big night. Uh, Negro League is a big night. Negro League night. Park at the Park, you know, you guys started that a few years ago. That's always got to get turned out. The food truck rodeo night. always big. So just, you know, talk about those things that you say outside the box are having a different type of vision. You know, who comes up with these ideas? What type of collaborative effort? And how long does it take to kind of go from, an idea to actually coming onto the schedule. Yeah, that's a great question. We uh, so season usually ends. Hopefully, we're at championship middle of September. <laughs> um, you know, the crazy thing is we just don't have much time off. You know, we're already working on the next season. 
actually, you know, our ticket folks are already working on the next season in August of, of the season that's still going on. Um, but our promotion folks, um, you know, they do take a little bit of a break. And then kind of in October is when they really start trying to figure out, all right, what, what things worked, you know, which ones maybe didn't work as successful as we thought they would, but we kind of see that, okay, the fans are really catching on to this. Um, and, you know, the, the, the fun thing about sports, there's a lot of stealing ideas. <laughs> you know, we'll, there's a uh, promotional um, seminar that minor league baseball puts on at the end of September. It's just, it's great. You know, you can, hey, what did you guys do? What did you guys do? And and there's a lot of passing on of that. Um, but what we think, we when we get an idea, we try to say, all right, this team did it this way. How can we, how can we jump it up even bigger? Um, so you'll see a lot of teams that they have a promotion every single night. And I'm not a big fan of that because you're really not going to put in the effort that I think you need to put on a great show if you're trying to do something every single night. So that's why we, we kind of focus on, you know, maybe three to four kind of big ones a month that we can really just dive into. We can do all the video board stuff. You know, we, we don't have that big of a staff. <laughs> you know, if we had a major league staff, it was one thing, but we, we don't have that many people here. So you're asking them to, you know, especially when you're talking to do, like I said, technology, video boards, all that, you really want them to dive in and, and really go after it. Right. Get some of the players involved. Exactly. Players are a big part of it, too. A huge, huge part of it. And, and they, the fun part is that minor league baseball, they know that. And they and they embrace it and, and really you know, understand that they're they're a big piece of this also um, from a community standpoint. So so we, we in, in the thing with us, you know, you see some of the crazy things around minor league baseball. We can't do that. You know, we we kind of look at our like I said, we look at ourselves as the iconic. The you know we're yeah. up here, and I'm not trying to say other minor league teams aren't. But nobody else has a movie do, made about them. Exactly, and we're not going to we're not going to do the crazy promotions that are you know, that you're going to offend right. this group or that group. We're just we're not going to do that. Right. We're going to do tastefully try to do as many cool promotions as we can, and and there's a whole lot of them that have come up in our meetings and that have never seen the light of day. <laughs> but that's the fun part is you can, a great part about minor league baseball, you can just throw out a gazillion ideas, see what sticks. Um, so we, we bounce a bunch of them across the staff and, and then we kind of, you know, put together all these things and then it's, Hey, go to work. So from pretty much from October, we usually finalize it the kind of end of February. Um, so it's a, it's a process, you know, to get all this figured out and, and based on what days. It's ready to go to Florida. That's exactly right. Yeah, we got a time it was spring training and and put all that that out there. But it, yeah, the the Star Wars nights, the yeah, it's amazing how just massive that it's gotten. And now the fun part is, in fact, I was reading an article last week of how Major League Baseball um, is just constantly stealing ideas from minor league baseball. <laughs> that was kind of like, all right, that's cool. When when the big boys start stealing from us, you know, we've always stolen from each other. Yeah. Now you got the major league teams stealing from their their minor league teams. That's I like that. Yeah, that's a thing of uh, professional wrestling had that back in the day. The territory territory system guys would hop around. Okay. So they would take little things that they did in Georgia, and when they went to Texas, there was no cable TV. Nobody's ever seen it. True. So that's exactly right. Put the people in Texas, and it's the hottest new thing they've <laughs> ever seen. You're right. And, I mean, no, most minor league games aren't on TV. Yeah. You know, they stream them, but they're not on TV. So most people, if from one city to the next, you don't know what people are doing. Right. Right. It works. So it works. Right. Now, um, my final question here as we're here on game day, kind of the last topic, is just kind of the relationship between the parent company and the highest level of uh, minor leagues that you can get to, AAA. Um, everybody on the field is one day away. Yep. And that could go from a trainer, actually, to a groundskeeper, just in case. You know, you never know what the parent company may need. 
So I know that a lot of times that uh, helps or hurts your on-field product from year to year, from month to month. You know, injuries or you know somebody's hot and you know a ball, they may want to give them a shot or a double, they may want to give them a shot. See what they got. It gets a little bit better competition. Kind of talk about that relationship between the team here in Durham and then the parent company with the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, absolutely, and we're. This is our 20th year with the Tampa Bay Rays, which is incredible. You know, most affiliations, they don't stick with the same same team for that long. So we've been very blessed to have a, just a tremendous relationship and with the Rays. Let me just stop in because um, you guys took a chance because to, to, to make a leap into AAA, you had to break ties with the Atlanta Braves. And at that point in time in 1995, the Atlanta Braves were pretty marketable in the team around here so that was a big move you guys yeah you're exactly right it was a it was a big move it was a big risk um, you know we we moved the, the braves affiliate to myrtle beach um, we don't no longer own it but we owned it at the time um, and we took a chance on this new expansion team called the devil rays and that and and obviously it didn't start out well <laughs> they were the laughing stock of baseball for a good good amount of time but uh now they've obviously had success and um, but you know, the, 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 once again, you go back to people. You know, the people we've dealt with with the Rays are are just great people to work with. Um, you know, but going back to the one day at a, you know, you're a day away. That's that's exactly right. You know, and that's why we tend to not try to promote players. We can't we can't promote players. You know, to our our fans because they, we may promote them and all the fans show up here and then they may not be playing. You know, we, we tried to do that with Evan Longoria to start a season one year. And right before, like literally hours before the home opener, he was called up and never came back down. So you just, you can't do it. That's why for us, it's more about the entertainment. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, if you look, if you see that, watch the Rays on TV and you look in the dugout and you see all the guys in the polo shirts, like you said, the trainers, we have three of our, two of our trainers, You'll see in the dugout with the Rays. Obviously, almost every player that you see in the dugout has come through here. Um, you know, we have coaches, well. Charlie Montoyo, coach in third base. You know, Bill Evers, our icon, other iconic manager. He's still a rover in the Rays. You know, he still comes here, you know, once or twice a year. Um, so you, you, they have a lot of loyalty. And that's, that's you know, why I think we get along so well with them. Because, you know, we as a company have a lot of loyalty, too, to our fans and our employees. But, uh but yeah, it's been a great. It's hard to believe it's 20 years. We're celebrating it. You know, in fact, today every Sunday we celebrate our our connection and our 20 years anniversary with the Rays with a kind of a, a commemorative jersey that our our guys are wearing that connects the the D and with Durham with the Ray instead of the Bull. Okay. Had a lot of success with that. Um, but you know, I think that's kind of the theme of this whole discussion. You know, it's it's about it's all about partnerships. It's all about community. Um, and that's what we have that with our parent club in Tampa. We have that with our fans, and we have that in our staff. And I think that's what makes makes the Bulls so successful. Um, one last thing, just on field, we'll talk about the Rays and Durham Bulls were kind of at the forefront of the change in baseball. Um, when Lou Pinella was the first manager, it was more of the traditional, you know, load them up, slug them in type style of baseball. Then they made a change at the top to Joe Madden, and it became more of a you know more athletic type of team, right. and that kind of resulted in the guys that we started to see on the field, and just kind of exactly. you know how do you you know you guys were at the front of that, so just kind of talk about how that trickles down through not just you guys but all the way down yeah. to you know the very start train uh, spring training you know and back up through yeah. the system. 
Yeah, and, and going back to your analytics thing, that you know the Rays, the Rays always knew that there's no way they can compete against the Red Sox and the Yankees. You know, they can't outspend to get an Alex Rodriguez or to get a David Price. You know, they knew that. So you know, so they've basically just taken the analytics approach. You know, got to got to do things through the draft. You know, find those diamonds in the rough. And uh, and find a, a manager like Joe Madden, who was kind of outside the box from your normal manager. And obviously, most people now see him as the Cubs. And He's we're, the guru. We're, we're, we're a little bitter about that, <laughs> um, but no. But he he was doing that yeah, here in exactly. with the Rays. He was exactly. doing the the crazy road trips. And but that's that's honestly that's a lot more what a, a major league baseball manager is nowadays. He doesn't necessarily have to be the X's and O's guy because you have all the numbers telling you what to do, where to shift, all that kind of stuff. So you, exactly. So you really have to be more of a leader. And that's where I think Joe Madden just kind of separates himself from most most managers. Is he's able to lead grown men that make multi, multi millions of dollars. That can't be easy. He just finds a way. He's more of a philosophical psychologist or whatever, <laughs> but he gets it done. And uh, uh, that's an important part of, of where MLB is, is heading. All right. Well, Mike, I thank you for your time today. I've been here talking with the leader of the Durham Bulls, GM, Mike Burling. Uh, Mike, like I said, you've always been so gracious with your time with me. Um, I'm thankful for this relationship to be able to do this today. And so to so all the listeners of Know to Score, this has been Dom DeLorente with Mike Burling, and we're signing off. 